Hey, it's Scott Petrick with another episode of the Brown Zone Zone Coverage Podcast. The Browns return to practice this week after the bye, and we'll visit the Dolphins on Sunday in South Florida. If the Browns are going to make a run toward the playoffs, they need to start stacking wins in a hurry. Here to talk about the game Sunday in the second half is Dave Chudowski of Go, the WKYC Morning News. What's going on, Chuck? Scott, I'm ready, man. Rested up after a bye week. My uh, fantasy teams didn't do so well, but uh, that's that's all right. But uh, I've been a busy week with election coverage yeah. uh, on the morning show and uh, full moon and, I mean, all kinds of crazy stuff this week. So I'm um, ready for uh, Browns and uh, Dolphins here this Sunday. But, hey, you know better than this. You've been tweeting a lot about Josh Allen. You, you know not to look ahead. You got to take the game that's in, you got to take the game that's in front of you. Yeah, I've just been retweeting, but it is a big deal. I mean, the Browns play him next week, and if Josh Allen's not available, and we don't know yet about this week, but he hasn't practiced the last couple of days, uh, obviously that would change change the view of that game. So it's just something to keep an eye on, Chuck. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, it's I, that would be a good thing for the Browns in the aspect of then you could, you know, gives them a much, much better shot to win that game. But as far as the NFL goes, you'd hate to see that guy go down because it just – brings so much more for the NFL to have your, you know, one of your best players, you know, have him get hurt. That would be a disappointment. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, he's an MVP candidate, right? He's playing great. Just watching him. I mean, obviously he's a thrower, but him running the ball just makes tons of big plays. So, yeah, but from a bronze perspective, you know, they got to figure out a way to go two and one over the next three games, right? And then Deshaun Watson comes back, and then we'll see what happens. But I feel like they need to get two of these next three games, and – you know, it starts Sunday in Miami. I think that's, you know, a crucial win. But if you knew, you know, Josh Allen wasn't going to play, you'd be like, okay, well, Miami isn't as maybe crucial uh, just because, you know, if Josh Allen plays, the Browns would be a big underdog. So something to keep an eye on. But regardless, the Browns have to start winning a bunch of games. And the hope is that that performance before the bye, that 32-13 win over the Bengals on Monday night, Halloween, that that is a springboard for the second half and that the Browns can get on a little bit of a run here. Yeah, you know, and that brings me up to my first topic I wanted to ask you. When we spoke last week, I talked about how, you know, it's, it's so good to go in on a buy on a win. You don't want to have the the loss linger for two weeks after, uh, you know, a loss during a buy. Then I was watching Jimmy Donovan the other night, of course, on Channel 3. And for those that don't know that might be tuning in for the first time, obviously I – Worked with him for 11 years in the sports department and uh, before I came over to the morning show doing news. And, uh, you know, he, he made an interesting point. And he was like, you know, you almost wonder if you wanted to play again this yeah. past weekend to keep the momentum going. And it kind of got me thinking. I'm like, I'm going to ask Scott that right away. What do you think about that? Do, do, you, do you like the rest or do you, do you, would have you liked to have kept the momentum going? I, I get the point, And I think it's a good point. But I would go for the rest. You know, they're just about the halfway point, right, of an 18-week season. Um, 17 games, they already played eight, so they're at the midpoint. I, I like the bye. I, I think the Browns, you know, they should play hard every week. And they, they, I'm not saying they don't play hard every week. But I really feel like they put everything into that Monday night game knowing the bye was coming up. And then they had a chance to recharge. You get guys healthier. Uh, so – I think it's okay. I mean, I get that point. I get the momentum point. And Jacoby Brissett kind of admitted that. Like, yeah, I played well against the Bengals. I would have been okay keeping it going. 
But Amari Cooper today, we're taping this Thursday night, Amari, Amari Cooper said Thursday that the last game was a win, therefore you have momentum. That's how he's looking at it. So I think when you throw all of it together, the extra preparation time, the chance to do a deeper self-scout that the Browns keep talking about, you know, Kevin Stefanski's 2-0 and coming off the bye. I think you throw all that together, and I, I think the, the bye serves the Browns better than if they had played again. You believe, you just mentioned taping this on Thursday. Can you believe we're two weeks away from Thanksgiving? I mean, it's almost here. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. And we're having people at, the, at my house, so we better get going on that, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I was just talking to my brother about uh, about Thanksgiving plans, so uh, everyone's got to be in the same boat, right? And then, uh, I mean, geez, I was starting to get some Christmas stuff out of the attic, so... Uh, all right, I'm, I'm, we, we don't want to get into holiday talk here. We're talking Browns. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk um, injuries. That's a big yeah. thing. You know, we don't have a game to talk about. So, you know, we're previewing this week's game. And obviously you had mentioned health. Can, can you break down where we're at with some of the key guys that are hurt? Yeah, Denzel Ward is back from the concussion. He missed three games. We talked to him today, Thursday, uh, declared himself good to go. He was a full participant in, participant in practice. And Denzel said, first of all, about, you know, so he's going to play. And that's a huge benefit, especially with this matchup, right? The Dolphins have the second-ranked passing offense. Two is leading the league in passer rating and yards per attempt. Tyreek Hill's numbers are unbelievable, right? He's on pace to set, like, the NFL receiving record. He's got 1,100 yards already. Jalen Waddle's fifth in the league. Hill's one and Waddle's fifth. So it's a good week to get your number one Pro Bowl cornerback back, right? So that's big for the Browns. But then if you look at it from a concussion perspective, with three games and the bye week is a long time to miss. But Denzel said he had headaches every day. And if you have symptoms, you're not going to advance in the protocol. So it took him a long time to get over those headaches. And then he said he's been normal for a little while, good to go. Um, it's, you know, he's not overly concerned about the long-term impacts of the concussions. Um, he had two as a rookie. And then not one until now, at least that we know of. So, you know, his focus is about football. And, you know, Denzel is not a guy that gives off a lot, tends to give off a lot of emotion. You know, he's reserved. He's kind of quiet when we talk to him as a group. You know, he doesn't seem like he wants to be there a lot of the time. Um, not that he's rude. He just, you know, whatever. He just, I don't think doing the media is his favorite thing. But today he seemed genuinely excited. Not necessarily to talk to us, but to be back. And I really thought that that excitement came across. You know, he smiled all the time and he was enthused with his responses. So um, he's the biggest he's the biggest return from, you know, from the bye. And then you get Wyatt Teller. And we don't know for sure if he'll play yet. We'll get a better idea Friday. You know, will he be questionable? Will he be doubtful? But he's practiced since Monday. You know, he's limited. But he's out there practicing. He missed two games with the strain calf. And then the bye – I would guess that he plays, um, you know, these offensive linemen. If they can get out and practice, they usually play. So if you get Ward and Teller back, those are two pro bowlers. Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney were not limited at all on Thursday. And that's the first time for Clowney, it's the first time since week two. And for Garrett, it's the first time since I think week three, because then he got in that car accident September 26th. So if you got your defensive ends, we saw it against Cincinnati. They were able to put pressure on Joe Burrow consistently. And that'll be a key the whole season, but it'll be a key especially 
against Miami and if they can get to Tua. Um, so it, there's a lot of positive injury news. I would say the negative would be David Njoku and uh, JOK have not practiced. They didn't play against the Bengals. Uh, obviously, they haven't been ruled out yet. But, you know, if you have the bye and then you don't practice coming out of the bye, I would say it's unlikely that they play. I would probably put Njoku. Um, I would give him a chance, maybe not so much JOK, even though they both, you know, worked on the side um, Thursday. But so a lot healthier, but maybe still missing a guy or two. I'm going to tee you up with, uh, we'll just call it three downs with Pud Track here uh, from the locker room this week. Uh, so three things. Number one, I saw that a lot of talk about, you know, what their third down situation was, whether it was third and short or third yeah. and long, and what a difference that was. I uh, also saw a lot of talk about energy. And yep. then the third thing is, what else out of the locker room stood out to you this week? Yeah, the third down's interesting. And it was kind of funny. Joe Batoni was like, well, you know, that's what you would expect. But they have the numbers to back it up that if they're, I think it's third and six or shorter, they were really successful. And then if you get third and seven and longer, um, the Browns struggled. And, and, you know, that's to be su suspect or expected. I would think that every team in the league you know, probably has that some kind of demarcation there. But I think the key is that the Browns felt like, hey, if we can keep it in a manageable situation, we have a really good shot, right? Which means maybe you run it more on first and second down, right? If if you think, hey, all we had to do is get to third and five and we got a good shot, you kind of figure you trust Nick Chubb to pick you up five yards on two runs, right? So um, I, I think that would be interesting to watch. Uh, it, you know, you have to play action off of Nick Chubb. Maybe you'll see more of that coming in the second half. Uh, so that was, you know, that was one thing that all the coaches and Joe Batonio pointed out, that they just kind of have to stay ahead of the chains. And I think that's what you'd expect when you have your backup quarterback, right? Jacoby Brissett's played well, but he's still, you know, he's not an elite quarterback. So it's tougher if you're not an elite quarterback, because if you're third and seven or longer, you're dropping back to pass, whatever, 95% of the time. Um, you know, you need your quarterback to make big, big throws in that situation. So, you know, I, I think that's, you know, that, I think that's just part of the whole third down situation. But they like how effective they've been in third and short and third and medium. And then the energy, I, I do think that was interesting, Chud, that it's multiple guys talked about the feeling was different before that Bengals game. In the locker room, whether it was excitement or, you know, a combination of excitement and being prepared, just there's a better energy a couple of guys have talked about before that game, and then it wound up translating to that performance, right? I think sometimes you feel good and you go out and you don't play well, and you think, oh, what the heck happened? But the Browns have made a connection here that, hey, they had a great week of practice, they had great energy heading into that game, and then they went out and played their best game of the year. So there's an effort this week to kind of replicate everything that led in to that Bengals game. And, and I think that's important, especially when – you know, they were on a four-game losing streak. So I don't think you necessarily could count on the energy being great, right? I mean, they lost four in a row. The season kind of hinged on, you know, if you want to keep the season alive, you had to beat the Bengals, and yet they were able to be in the right frame of mind and then went and did it, right? And then, you know, just, you know, been in the locker room a couple of days, I would say, and, you know, we're driving it with the questions, but it's about Tyreek Hill, Right. He's the – yes, two is playing great. Jalen Waddle's playing great. It's about Tyreek Hill 
And can the Browns do enough to slow him down? Because Mike McDaniel, the new coach of the of the Dolphins, is doing a great job getting him touches and getting him big opportunities. Like I watched your last two games, and you know they motion him so you can't press him at the line of scrimmage. They line him up in the tight slot so you can't get your hands on him. Right? Like they just do all kinds of things to give him free releases, and then it's hard to guard a man to man. So he plays zone, and then McDaniel has good plays to beat the zone. So there's just a lot of opportunities or a lot of plays where you look up and Hill's running open. And that's a huge credit to McDaniel, and it just speaks to how fast and quick and elusive Tyreek Hill is. Yeah, some things that stand out for me with the Dolphins is, you know, Tyreek Hill, too. It's amazing. He doesn't get a lot of uh, end zone, red zone targets. Yeah. You know, he, yeah. he, he, he hurts you all over the field. There's that. Obviously, you know, now the NFL can be bizarro world and this could turn out to be a low scoring game. But, you know, I, I think if the Browns win this game, they're going to have to they're going to have to put up a lot of points. I, I, I just don't I don't see this being a low scoring game. Do you? I mean, the over under is no. 49 and a half. The Dolphins are putting up points on everybody. Yeah, I mean, I don't have the number right in front of me. I'll try to grab it. But they're both in the top six, I think, in scoring in the league, both teams. Right. So if that's the case, you'd expect that to continue. And I'm glad you brought that up, Chad, because I thought it was interesting. Uh, we're talking to Alex Van Pelt, the offensive coordinator today, and Mary Kay Cabot asked him about keeping up with the Dolphins, right? They score a bunch of points. Do you feel like, hey, you got to come out and kind of let it go and, you know, try to match their points? And he's like, yeah, you know, you want to get off the great start, blah, blah, you know, they're probably going to score some points. And I said, well, my question is, don't you go in thinking, hey, we want to shorten the game right? Possess the ball, eat some clock, keep the ball away from Tua and Tyreek Hill. And Van Pelt says, yeah, I mean, ideally you'd go on 11, 12 play drives and you'd eat a bunch of clock. But we're more focused on production. And if it takes us two plays for a touchdown, that's fine. And the tone was, we're not playing the Dolphins scared, right? We feel like we can score a bunch of points and that's fine if they do too, because we're going to outscore them. So I think that speaks to your point about this being a high-scoring game. And I think you probably – I think there's probably a happy medium between the two of those is, hey, you know, you don't want to go three-play drive, three-play drive all day long. It's better to keep the ball. And the Browns are built to keep the ball, right? They're built to run it with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Um, but I, I like uh, Van Pelt's attitude when he talked about that. And just the stats are the Browns are 25 points a game. That's seventh. The Dolphins are 23.7. That's tenth. Uh, but, you know, Tua missed a little bit of time. Their their numbers are better when Tua plays. And, you know, they're 6-0 when he starts and finishes the game. I can't remember if you brought this up yet or not, but you just brought up Chubb and obviously the running game with the Browns. But uh, the Dolphins are uh, – they're, they're pretty good at stopping the run. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I don't know part of that is they get leads, you know, and then the other team has to play catch-up, although that hasn't always been the case. They've given up points the last couple of weeks to the Lions and then the Bears, but they just scored so many. Um, yeah, I mean, they're middle of the pack run defense. The Dolphins are. They're 15th. Uh, but I think, you know, just watching their last two games, you know, I went back and looked at them. I, I think the Browns can run on them. I think Dolphins are susceptible defensively. And they're not bad. Like, they have players. Xavier Howard is a really good corner. Um, they got a young safety that's really good. They traded for Bradley Chubb which gives them one more pass rusher. They got Phillips, 
and they have Melvin Ingram, and then you add Bradley Chubb to that. So they have some pieces, but I, I still think the Browns will be able to score points, and I think they'll be able to run the ball on them. Yeah, you know what's crazy is that uh, you never think about this, but in the fantasy world, a lot of people think Jacoby Brissett is a sleeper this week. That's interesting. It's interesting you say that. I believe it, right? I mean, it makes sense. He put up really good numbers against the Bengals. Um, it'll probably – it could turn into a shootout, right? So I, I get that. All right. Uh, anything else before we get to prediction time? Uh, any Anything else that uh, – any nuggets or anything you got? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, I don't think so. I, I think that's – you know, it's just a weird you – know, the, the week is just weird when you come back from the bye, right? You get the extra day Monday, kind of feels like a longer week. Uh, I will say Mike McDaniel, and I mentioned it earlier, he's doing a heck of a job there. And he was here for a year. He was – in 2014, he was a receivers coach under Mike Patton when Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator. And he's always been a Shanahan guy. McDaniel has always been with him. He followed him. I think it was five teams that he worked under Shanahan, including with the 49ers. Uh, but, I, but I'll say this. And, you know, you don't get to know the receiver coach crazy well. You know, we talked to him however many times we talked to him. But, you know, he's kind of like a like a geeky-looking dude, you know, not the biggest guy. I remember the thing that stood out is that when Josh Gordon got in trouble, I remember they rented a plane and they flew it. I think they flew it to Vegas, and it was uh, Gordon and a bunch of receivers. McDaniel was on the plane with them. Um, <laughs> but he's incredibly smart. I think he went to Yale. And he's really grown and really kind of climbed that ladder – is an assistant coach and is off to an unbelievable start with the Dolphins and people who played for him just rave about him. Is this a must win? I mean, I know you said they got to start stringing wins together, but but we also talked about how you have to win two of these next three, or do you have to win all three of them? I mean, just bottom line, is this a must win? No, I don't think so. I, I think okay. the Dolphins or the Bengals game came up just about as close as you could get. But now I think it feels like two out of three and the Browns are set up to make a late run, one out of three, and I wouldn't rule anything out. If they lose the next three games, it would be seven out of eight, and then the season will be all about Deshaun Watson, and it will be it won't be about the playoffs because I think they'll be out of it. All right, ready to get to predictions? I am. Is it me or you? Uh, well, I think you've gone first the last two weeks. What are all we right. now? I think we're both four and four, right? Yeah, I tell you, Chud, I, before you make your pick, I thought about switching to a win I over know. the Bengals. I really did. But four in a row, I just couldn't pull the trigger. And obviously, I didn't think there was going to be a blowout. Uh, but I did think about switching that pick to a close victory. Yeah. I, it, it's been a tough – I mean, I actually almost feel, I mean, in the prediction business, almost grateful to be 500 because <laughs> I started out I started out pretty slow. And, you know, that Jets game was a killer for everyone, yeah. right? Um yeah. Which, by the way, you know, that Jets loss, it looks terrible, obviously, because of the way they blew it. But the Jets are a much better team than we thought at that time. Yeah, um, the record, yeah, for sure. But they, I mean, they should have won that game, right? And, and I, don't, yeah. I don't like to get too far ahead, but you start looking. At some point, you're going to have to look at, okay, who are they competing with the wild card? What are tiebreakers? And losses to the Jets, Patriots, and Chargers are three teams that they'll probably be competing with. Um, you just hope you don't get to weak you know, 17 and 18, and you're kicking yourself for a game you gave away in whatever, week two and week five. Yeah. So I'll go first. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. This is a tough one for me. There's a part of me that wants 
to go both ways. And I <laughs> usually have a pretty good feel of where I want to go. I'm struggling with this one. Yeah. I don't know about you. Uh, I, I think, you know, I, I did say I would not pick them to win until I saw them win again. So I have seen them win again. Uh, I, I'm a little, the line's only three and a half. And, you know, typically, yep. you know, that's that's about right for a home team to be favored by three and a half. But that kind of tells me Vegas feels the Browns are not that far off from the Dolphins, um, even though the records aren't necessarily close. Um, I, I'm I'm perplexed on this one. Part of me wants to pull the trigger and go Browns. I just think that I – oh, man, I, I just don't know. I, I think I'm going to go Dolphins with the right to reserve to make that change before Sunday. Mm-hmm. I just – I'm concerned about them keeping up with them, stopping that offense, and just going on the road – will they be able to duplicate that energy that they had on Monday night against the Bengals? So I guess this is maybe a lame way of saying, I kind of want to see him do it again. I definitely am not ruling out the possibility of a Browns win, uh, but I'm going to go 31, 29 dolphins. So I think the Browns cover. Yeah. No, that'd be a fun game to watch. Um, Yeah. I I get all your points. I do. I'm going to go Browns. And part of that is, how well they played against the Bengals. Part of it is they're still a desperate team because, like we talked about, they need wins, right? They're three and five. That They need to start winning games. And part of it is, you know, the Bengals have won through Earth Bengals. Dolphins have won three in a row. It's tough to win four in a row in this league. They're Like I said, they're undefeated in games two of starts and finishes. Just feels like maybe they're due for a letdown, and this is a game the Browns can go in and get. So – Kind of think of all of that in the, you know, kind of throw that all into a pile. And I'm going to go Browns 27-24. So I think we see a lot of points, not quite as many as you said. That's still the over, right? Um, but I think it's going to be that type of game. And the key will be, can the Browns avoid giving up a bunch of explosive plays, right? Like if Tyreek Hill gets two 75-yard touchdowns, that's hard to overcome. But if the Browns can contain him, right? Can't stop him, but you can hope to contain him. If they can do that, yeah. that gives them a chance. I don't think the Dolphins have an edge in special teams, which we've seen the Browns' poor special teams bite them all year long. I, I think they're either neutral or have a slight edge in that category, I think, which helps. And, you know, I don't know how much we've talked about it. We haven't talked about it much, Judd, is the defense has made big strides in its last two games. Yeah. Can it continue to do that? And if it does, and you get Ward back, and you get healthy Garrett and Clowney, can they start to build off of those two nice performances, kind of like they did at the end of last year? Uh, I think that gives that would give the Browns a chance to go on a run, right? Because the offense has been good enough, right? Seventh in the league in scoring. It's the other two areas, and especially that defense. The defense has not lived up to expectations. But if it starts to, then I think the Browns can be in, the, be in games with just about anybody in this league because they have that kind of talent. And we talked to Greg Newsom yeah. today, and he felt like that. Like you could, you got a real good vibe about. Yeah, I think we can build off what we've been doing. So um, I'm going to buy into that right now and pick the Browns. And I'm jealous of you. I, I wish I could do it. I want to <laughs> do it. I I don't think you're wrong necessarily, but I will say I think the final thing is is that, and, and you know, this is a, a, an excuse and it's a sad one, but I just I, I guess it's being the Clevelander and falling yeah. for the trap of, you know, how great they looked against the Bengals. And, oh, now they're going to win again. And I, I just 
I, you know, it's the Lucy football, Charlie Brown. It, it's yeah. that I just, I think that's what it is. <laughs> I get it. And you know, the fact is the Bengals game, they match up against the Bengals for whatever reason. And they've had success against the Bengals. And I think Joe Woods, the coordinator knows what plays to call and coverages to call against the Bengals. And the Dolphins have similarities, right? We talked about the big time passing game, but they're not the same team. Uh, you know, they didn't, the Bengals didn't have Jamar Chase. The Dolphins have their guys. So um, there's, I agree with you. There's some element of continue to prove it to me, right? And yeah. if the defense plays well, and, you know, we're going to have to take it with a grain of salt because it is the Dolphins. They got a big time offense. But if the Browns play well enough on defense, right, gives the team a chance to win, then that will be kind of, I, I think it'll reward any faith anybody has. And I think it will be a big step as they continue to go in the right direction. All right, Scott, I got to go, man. The alarm clock goes off at <laughs> 2 a.m. hour. Oh, my God, that's way too early. Hey, I appreciate the time, Chud, and we'll do this again next week, bud. All right, sounds good. All right, this is another episode of the Zone Coverage Podcast, and you can read all my work at brownzone.com. Thanks, everybody.